0: Welcome to Let's Talk About Brand. I, of course, am your host, Christine Gritman, coming at you every single week, interviewing another guest expert about some specific element of branding, especially personal branding. Thank you so much if you are joining us on the Adweek Podcast Network, available on your podcast player of choice. If you're listening to the podcast, please be sure to subscribe. And if you love it, which I'm sure you will, uh, please leave a review. Uh, similarly, you could be joining us on Friday on YouTube for the video podcast. So similarly, make sure you click subscribe, ring that bell, as the kids say, and don't forget to join us every Monday for the chat about for the Let's Talk About Brand podcast, every Tuesday for the Chat About Brand Twitter chat, and every Friday on YouTube for the video podcast. All right, so this week we are handling personal branding, which is my favorite thing, of course. And we're handling a specific element of personal branding that I think is incredibly, incredibly important, which is branding your superpowers. Yes, you do have them. We all have them. We just may have trouble seeing them and trouble seeing them as super. And that lets it, that kind of gets in our way of putting our personal brand out there in a bigger, bolder way that can really help other people. So to talk about this today, I have Donna Bowling. Donna is awesome. She helps people not only figure out their superpowers, but she helps them actually express them as a content coach. So we are going to bring Donna on to talk all about superpowers and I guarantee that you are not leveraging yours to your to their full potential. So come on down Donna Bowling. Woo! <clears throat> My superpower is
1: enthusiasm. I'm not sure if you've noticed that. (laughs) I have noticed. I I have noticed. I I think uh, we share this in common. Enthusiasm and energy. Absolutely.
0: Oh, my God. And I can't believe we haven't hung out in real life yet. We have to make that happen in 2023 because that energy is just going to be get some margaritas flowing. It's going to be glorious. (laughs) So superpowers. Let's talk about what we're actually talking about because most of the listeners of this podcast are probably not able to fly or, or have x-ray vision. Some of them may have super strength. I don't know. That happens. But what are we talking about when we talk about the superpowers that you
1: can leverage into your personal brand? Oh, my gosh. Well, thank you so much for having me, number one, Christine. Always a pleasure. Um. So, you know, I like to put it this way. I think what happens is it's very easy to get lost in the crowd, in the online space. I mean, this can happen in real life and retail and, you know, it's brick and mortar, but the online space is insanely saturated. It's filled with so many people that do on paper what you do, right? For all intents and purposes, I have a podcast. You have a podcast. I'm a video and content coach. There is millions of other, maybe not millions thousands of others that do similar things to me you can find them over on Instagram you can find them on LinkedIn you can find them on Twitter right there there's no shortage of people that do what you do the question is how do you differ and how do you stand out and so i really like to leverage those things that make you unique and those special skills that we have that we may not actually know that we have other people sometimes have to kind of find them through our content or through us but Finding those things and really honing in on that and leaning into that so that you stand out online.
0: Now, that's really huge. I know one thing that I've seen um, from people, and I've even seen it with myself, is that one of the things that gets in the way is this sort of catch-22 of if we're amazing at something, we often find it easy. And if we find it easy living in a society that has equated struggle with value, we may not value it. We may not see that as a superpower. We may think, oh, well, I mean, that's nothing. So how do you tease that out? Because to your point, a lot of times people need someone else to point out their superpowers for them. So how do you help tease that out with people?
1: Well, I think it's so funny that you mentioned this because just earlier today I was watching, um, I was on Instagram, and I saw a reel that Gary Vee had posted. And what he talks about is the creator economy in 2023. And his whole thing is if you think you're too late to go on YouTube, Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, create content about that one thing that you're obsessed with just because there's someone else that's doing it already. So, for example, if you're, he used the example, if you're obsessed with butterflies and like that's what you spend your time Googling every night and like watching documentaries on, but then you realize that there's like the butterfly expert on TikTok and they have 5 million followers. That does not mean that you've missed your boat. That doesn't mean that you've missed your time. This is the the time in life where every day new creators are churning out content on what it is that they're passionate about. So first of all, I want everyone that's listening to think to immediately kind of release this idea that, you know, it's too late to start something new that you're passionate about. It's too late to hone in on those kind of special things that you really love talking about, because those are the things that are going to take you to the next level in 2023. Or what is it that not only are you good at, but what is it that you're passionate about? Here's another thing that's really important to say. What you mentioned is this idea of such an obvious, right? Like for me, it's so obvious to think about what I should post a reel about today on Instagram. But for the average person who's not creating content, that is mind-blowing to them that I can look at their content and say, hey, why don't we write, why don't we create 25 content ideas, you know, for video in the next five minutes? And we just kind of flesh it out. And every time I do that, my clients are like, wait, how did you, I don't, how did you do that? So sometimes we think to ourselves, everything that we're talking about is so boring. I've said it before. Everyone else says it. No one cares. No one's going to learn something new. You can Google this. It doesn't matter. You still need to kind of continue to talk about those things. And I will say, I really like to lean into my superpower, which is, and a lot of times your superpower has a lot to do with what you did before you do what you do now. So my old life, my past life, and when I say past life, I don't mean like in the spiritual sense. I literally mean like years ago. Um, my past life was being a casting director. And that's kind of how I came up in this in this industry I, or in this world after I graduated college. So I was casting shows. I was the youngest casting director on a TV show at 26 years old. I was discovering stars left and right. And I did that for about 15 years. So I believe the reason why this is such an amazing concept is a take one role for a TV show. 15, you know, 100 people got the exact same character breakdown. They had the exact same material, meaning, you know, your, your script, your actor's sides. Some of them even went to the same coach. A lot of them looked alike. But for whatever reason, one of them gets the job. And it's not always the best actor. It's not always the one with the biggest resume. It's not always the one that looks what the character is written. It's the one that stands out. It's the one that really encompasses the role. And it's the one that brings their own, what we call like it factor or their own selves. And they create a new version of that character that we didn't even know existed. And that is why I believe that brands and small business owners and entrepreneurs, personal brands, anyone online can really stand out if they really lean into why are they different than the others. And one of the things I love the
0: most about the fact that you just brought in your past as a casting director is that it absolutely brings up something that I wanted to go back to about what you said before, which is it's not too late for you to get out there and start creating content about your passion And that's another place where people get hung up because they think that they only have earned the right to speak on a topic that their resume shows Mm. that they have experience in or, you know, they've had certain job titles and it gets in people's way. They get very stuck in a box. I've talked to a lot of people who have wanted to kind of make a pivot, but they didn't feel like they were worthy of putting themselves out there for that thing that they were actually really passionate about and they were geeking out on. I mean, I didn't have any training in social media when I started Christine Gritman Inc. Um, because I realized, you know, you can you can learn. If you geek out over something, if you're passionate about it, you can learn. So I'd love to hear um, your thoughts on those transferable skills, on the idea of if someone has a passion and they haven't been in a position to use it for whatever reason, Um, How they can start kind of incorporating those things they geek out on, those passions, those superpowers even, to help get them where they'd rather be.
1: So this is such a good conversation because it's so applicable for this year. Um, I believe the days and the age of purely educational content are dying. And what I mean by that is we all will need to continue to learn new skills. We will all continue to search new topics to learn about online, maybe on YouTube or, you know, if we follow someone on Twitter who consistently or LinkedIn who consistently gives really actionable educational advice about something that they're teaching. Like, that's great. Specifically video content, though. And when I talk video, I'm talking a lot of short form video. I think we're sick of it. I think we're like smacked in the head with it. Last year was the year where it was like that Alex Hormozy style content where everyone and their parents, um, I love how you say parents, not mother, because that's like the, the top, like the sentence is everyone and then their mother, but their parents too, was getting online if they were considered a coach or a consultant or anything where, and I was one of these, by the way, I'm not saying it in a judgmental way, but the way I grew on TikTok Was by getting online, speaking to the camera and using those, you know, cliche hooks and those tacticky hooks and saying like, here are three things you need to know about growing on TikTok or three ways you can get more confident on camera. And trust me, like a lot of those, he says, really grew my account. But we're so sick of them. Like everyone, everyone has that kind of content now. How do you think that happened, by the way? Like, where was that tipping point? I know
0: where I think it is, but I want to I want to hear your opinion. On why people are sick of that.
1: I would love to know your your opinion. But my <laughs> my thought is my thought is oversaturation. I just think it was like everyone saw, okay, this is how you grow on TikTok. Like there was a period of time, and I am like I admit it, I was teaching that because it was working for me a year ago. And so, and this is the interesting thing about social media and and especially video content and how fast these things change. But everyone started to go over to TikTok because they saw such potential to grow. And you really can grow very fast over there, faster than you can anywhere else, in my opinion. And so everyone started to do the same thing. It's a copycat culture. Now, what happened was people started to realize that that's boring. It was too much of the same. It felt like everyone was saying the same repeatable stuff. It's like, I don't know, you know, you and I met on Twitter, Christine, so I know that You probably see a lot of the same kind of Twitter threads that just like they feel just like annoying because now it's I don't want to know how you made $100,000 this month and and follow these four steps. Like, it's just boring to me. But what really is interesting, and this is where you can kind of start doing some, you know, uh, research into certain influencers who are currently killing the game on TikTok. There's a woman named Alex Earl and there's a guy named Keith and these are two accounts who have grown millions within the last month and the reason why is because both of them Keith Lee is this cool dude very kind of like unassuming who does food reviews he gets local food in las vegas wherever he lives and does food reviews in a in a really like entertaining way but it's not the production value is not high there's nothing special about it he's just him he's just himself and then Alex Earl is the queen of the get ready with me type um, pieces of content. And every time she goes on social, it's like she's just talking to a friend. And people are craving it. We're craving the girl, Danielle, who also is killing it on TikTok, just showing us how she takes caviar. And she shows us her good finds, like her fun Whole Foods finds. And she shows how she puts caviar on a Doritos chat. And like, that's what we're dying for. And it's it's just proof that people don't need the cert- certified coach or the, you know, um, CEO so that they will trust and follow someone. They just want a friend. They just want to know that they can watch someone whose content is like talking to them.
0: Absolutely. Oh, my goodness. I love that. And that's really we, we've we hit kind of a wave and and marketers do this to ourselves, right? You know, a, a, a platform will happen like say TikTok. And the thing that's really appealing about TikTok is the human connection and the fact that it feels a lot more direct because it's short form, it's not overly edited, it tends not to be very produced. But instead marketers when marketers crashed the party, the first thing they thought was, "How can we monetize this? How can we turn this into a business tool?" And yep. what I'm hearing you say is it's really a personality tool. It's really a connection tool. And people who were just following the same script
1: is what it is. It's like the it's a personal branding tool. It's the best way to really show people who you are and let people know who you are, like you, trust you. And then, of course, it will become a monetizing tool. See, that's the thing. So many of these marketers went on the platform trying to sell their products, their programs, their coaching services. And every time I went on there and tried to like do a pitch my my content just flopped but if I just went on there and shared a story about my casting history and what I you know my anxiety and my panic attacks and how I was able to kind of overcome that or whatever it is those are the videos that people are like yes who are you I feel like we're the same let me follow you over on Instagram how can I work with you
0: I was going to say, so here's the problem a lot of people have with that, which is bridging that gap between the stuff that connects as a person, the stuff that does well with engagement, that stuff that shows personality, and then the fact that you are trying to run a business. Like, for example, I'll use myself as an example. Um, I don't really I don't do TikTok professionally, but I tried my hand at some Instagram Reels. And I did a whole batch of them that used trending sounds to actually make points about personal branding. And they're very on brand. They were still entertaining and personable, but they actually talked about personal branding. Those didn't do nearly as well as, like, here's me trying on filters of makeup from different decades, which is nonsense. So, how do we kind of know? How do we balance the things that are going to do well and be that personable content while still bearing in mind that ultimately, We're not just there to be an entertainer. We are there for
1: business. How do you bridge that gap? So I think that what you did with the trends, and of course, I'm not like auditing your reels, but if I did look at them, I would probably say these are really, really good and you should be continuing to do them interspersed with real content of you speaking to the camera, either sharing a day in the life type content. Reality show, voyeurism, that's what we like online, right? We like to see people's lives. So if you did some sort of, I like to say, this is how I kind of create my content strategy for people. But if you take that one topic, so just say it's personal brand, okay? Like how to create your personal brand or how to build a personal brand and break it up into, and this is nothing novel. Nothing I'm teaching is like super novel here, but breaking it up into the three main topics, which is, of course, entertainment or sorry, educational, we can start there, entertainment, and then inspirational. And the reason why all three of them need to be used is because there's a different reason for all three of the content pieces. The trends may not do so well all the time. Sometimes they do though. That's the thing about short form content or content in general. Sometimes it flops and sometimes it does well. There's no real rhyme or reason. Usually the ones that do really well are the ones that people want to share. So keep that in mind for anyone listening. If you want a piece of content to do better, create a piece of content that you think someone's going to want to share with their best friend or their coworker or their husband or their wife or whatever it is. But if you do a mix of educational content, so for example, if we're doing personal branding, educational content can be like um, four websites that really have helped me, you know, flesh out my personal brand. Or maybe... um, uh, you know, three things you should be doing on the regular. You don't have to use these hooks, but just like this is what the video is about. Three things you should be doing regularly when you have a personal brand. Or, you know, the difference between being a personal brand or like how to be uh, professional and also have a personal brand. That would be educational. Then entertainment would be the ones you're talking about. Trending, kind of funny, um, taking anything that's, you know, relevant, going through your current content on your feed and picking songs or or voiceovers from that. And then the final thing is that inspirational piece, which is where you could do a story, where you could tell a story. And storytelling is going to be the thing that bridges the gap. Because storytelling is so huge when it comes to creating content and getting people to like fall in love with you and get to know you. So if you just say you're a science professor And you don't want to go on there and like do silly reels. As a science professor, you're going to have a story of why you became a science professor, how it changed your life. Maybe the first time you ever fell in love with science. Maybe the first time that, you know, science changed your path or the most incredible science, like something a little bit maybe more emotional relating to the people that you're talking to. So if you're teaching other science teachers to become better science teachers, you can talk about like the, the one time you changed a student's life and how that was the most incredible thing. Now, here's the thing. We don't have to constantly pitch our businesses. And I think that this is the problem in the social media landscape, which is why a lot of people for a while were very anti-LinkedIn and a very. it just felt like you're constantly getting pitched. No one wants to be pitched to constantly. We want to make the decision. I don't want someone to come to me and say, do you want to work with me? I want to come to you and say, how do I work with you? And that's the goal, I think, when it comes to just getting people to, you're just letting people in.
0: Does Absolutely. That that's the goal of content. That's the goal of personal brands. I want to back it up for a second to people who aren't like you or me, you know, yeah. showing up in all three of those ways to and to educate, to entertain, and to inspire, you know, have fun with it, find that place where we can connect with people. A couple things that pe- that maybe people are having trouble Getting there, um, and in particular, people who are having trouble connecting that to those superpowers that they aren't quite at the place of unearthing yet. So one of the things is, um, as I mentioned before, what if someone you know they hear you talking about passion? They're like, okay, well, if I'm creating content based on my passion, it's something totally different from my business. You know wow. what? What can someone like that do who's just at the beginning stages? of trying to actually get to a place where their passion is their profession? What kind of stuff could they maybe do um, in order to, I hate to use the phrase again, but bridge that gap? In order to start that transition, how can they create Uh content that that bridges the gap between where they are now, what their passions are, and where they want to be?
1: So there's a couple things. I always think of the word through line. This is a word that, you know, really works in this sense because what happens is I think too many people want to talk about what they want to talk about right maybe it's something that they're obsessed with just say they love to cook okay let's let's put it this way just say they are someone that loves to cook but their career is they are a let me think of something science I professor me. they're
0: science okay oh, let's go back yeah, to science let's stick with our science professor friends
1: they're a science professor but they love to cook and so before they get comfortable or want to talk about science online all the time, or maybe that's what their Instagram page says that they're a science professor, and all you see are these like canva graphics about like how to be a science professor or three degrees you need as a science professor or whatever' but kind of boring, I can tell you're an expert on science professors, by the way, that was I of- love science professors <laughs> i am I am that's my superpower is being a science professor expert. Um, so I love it. So I believe the best way, and this is a really fun kind of experiment, is if you take things that you're obsessed with, right? So for example, you love to cook. The cooking is going to be the connection piece that you're going to have that's going to make someone say, not only are they teaching me science and that's interesting, but the cooking is really what I love about them because I love to cook too. Or you could talk about How when you're making the most perfect baking, when you're baking the most perfect cake, it's science. It's a science, right? You have to put in exactly one-fourth cup of this and one-eighth teaspoon of that. And if you forget one ingredient, the entire cake doesn't rise or it doesn't, you know, come to exactly the same way it is. And so you find a way to relate what you're obsessed with and what you love talking about with what it is that you're teaching. And I always like to say that like my some of my biggest pieces of content that have really done well are when I break down reality shows from this perspective, from a personal brand video coach content perspective, because I think people like the fact that, I'm, you know, I talk about it all the time. I'm a Bravo-holic. I love my Real Housewives. I love my reality shows. There are certain things that I'm really obsessed with working out, I'm obsessed with, I talk about it all the time. So these are three things, for example, that I can kind of interweave. You can talk about your favorite things that you love, but also try to find one way to connect it in a, in a, in a, in a way that doesn't feel too like, you know, on the nose, but just saying, it reminds me of, or it feels like, or this is what I really like to do when I'm not working and we all need Those kinds of releases, what do you enjoy doing when you're not at work? Here's the thing. It doesn't have to be, and this is bringing, this is a throwback to science. It doesn't have to be a perfect science. None none of this is because it's all experimentation. I am a science professor. It's all an experimentation because we don't know what kind of content your audience wants from you until you start to create. And once you start creating content and talking about different things, you may find that your audience will have zero interest in hearing about you loving cooking. Or you'll find that they love it, want to hear more about it, and that's your in. And so I always think like my friend, she's a food blogger. She's incredible. She has 70,000 followers on Instagram. But why did I fall in love with her? is because of her content about cooking for her young kids who were paid and talking about like being a mom and the struggle after school and get follow- I. I met her family through her content. I started to realize that she was teaching me how to feed my kids in a really deconstructed way, but that wasn't what her content was about. Her content was amazing recipes for for people. It's just, that's what I connected over. So I don't think there's a perfect science, but I do think that if you don't hone in on your obsessions and you're just that one level or one phase science expert, that's it. It's forgettable. It's boring. There's nothing special about you. The reason why people going back to science, the people that the reason why people loved Bill Nye the Science Guy is not because he was a good scientist. It was because he had a character. He was funny. He was wild. Or you know, I don't know a lot of scientists, so that's kind of where I. That's that's kind of like my limit on the science conversation. But I do think that every single person out there who's made a name for themselves, they are not forgettable. They're not. Spouting off facts, they are interesting, they are personable, and I will say one last thing. I have this thing that I like for my clients to really lean into, and it's called the pop factor, just like when you're an actor. What makes you pop, and that stands for personality. so who are you in this world? Are you enthusiastic, Christine? Are you energetic, Donna? Are you negative Nancy? Are you dry sarcastic uh you know Sid. Who are you in this world? That's your personality. O stands for opinions. What is? What are your opinions on these things that may not be agreeable with everyone? It's okay. It's actually like preferred that you're not just the same as everyone else. So how do you stand out in your opinions? What do you believe that's a little bit disrupting in your industry? And the final is P, which is your past. What have you done before this? What kind of experience are you bringing to the table? Because a lot of us are in our second or third careers. And how can that be included in your content?
0: Oh, I love it. And, you know, when you were talking about the passions, that reminded me of our mutual friend Brianne Fleming, because her whole thing is making that connection between, like, the Backstreet Boys and her pop culture passions and how there are branding lessons in there. It's 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 incredible. She's a
1: genius with this. She's amazing at it. Um so that is like someone that is someone actually, if you guys um uh, maybe you'll tag her in the in the notes or whatever, but <laughs> Brianne is she's a friend of ours and she's so smartly intertwined pop culture, especially like Backstreet Boys, that kind of music culture with branding. And the reason why it's so incredible is that you can't think of Brianne's content without thinking of Backstreet Boys. It, it doesn't connect anymore. Just like, Christine, for you, when I think of you, I think of Red. Yes. You have still <laughs> branded yourself with Red. And
0: just like and that, been... I didn't invent Red, just like Brand didn't invent the Backstreet Boys, but okay. we've made that connection.
1: Exactly. That's exactly it. It's just really going all in, on something that makes you different. You know, some of the entrepreneurs, they love to curse. Some of the entrepreneurs Fuck out yeah, there,
0: do.
1: some of the marketers out there are really into, you know, their wines or their spirits or whatever. I, you know, talk a lot about pop culture and reality TV. I talk about my obsession with books, reading books and audio books. These are things that I'm, or my workouts. I go to a workout and I talk about it. I work out six, seven days a week at 6 a.m. Like this is a part of who I am. And you know what the best thing ever... Oh, here's an example. I talk about Nutella, okay? I love Nutella, have loved it for years. And I started to talk about it more and more a couple of years ago to the point where every single time one of my followers walked by something Nutella or saw Nutella or saw a recipe, I got DMs about it. I became synonymous with my audience for a Nutella lover. If you're doing that, you're doing something right. If people are thinking of
0: you... My friend Tim Zone is out with Dunkin' Donuts. Really? <laughs> we always text each other when we're at Dunkin'. Um, I oh know gosh, we're, I we're like at time, but I just want to get one more thing. So there's passionate people like you, like me, like Brianne, like our hypothetical science teacher, Cook. What if someone, to go back to the beginning of the show when I talked about how sometimes we don't know. Sometimes we don't know what our superpower is. Sometimes we don't know what our passion even is. Either because we're so distracted by other things of life that we've like lost track of it, which happens sometimes, or because, you know, water, you know, fish don't know that they're wet. You know, maybe we just can't separate out the forest for the trees or, or whatnot. So what's one thing that someone can do if they're hearing this and they're like, well, I'm not entirely sure what my passion is. I don't know what my thing is. I don't know what I could make content about that would be relevant at all that anyone would want to see. You know, what can that person do to sort of climb out of that passionless pit and and start feeling a little more empowered to put the personal in their personal brand?
1: I think, honestly, this is so I love the question because I went through this like this was me back in, you know, 2015, 16, before I started my own business, I I knew I didn't want to cast anymore. Um, but I was scared to jump out of the canoe without having my foot in another, obviously. And I had young kids and I was I was in such a kind of a rut. I didn't know what else I could do. I was like, all I've done is casting. Like there's nothing else out there for me. I didn't know how to go about it. I will say this. If you are really in the beginning stages and you don't know what it is, it's probably not going to just like hit you like a ton of bricks in front of you, right? In, like, you know, magically, although it could. But I really want you, number one, to recognize that whatever it is that you do right now doesn't need to be the thing that you do for the rest of your life. And I think that pressure, if you release that pressure from you, because I think too many people are scared to pivot and they're scared to like announce something and then not follow through with it. And I really want to release that pressure because so many events are constantly reinventing ourselves. This is the world that we live in now. And very few people start a career and end that career. So Relax and, and take yourself off that pressure idea of it's like I have to find the thing. And in that same boat, like don't create a website about it yet. Don't go all in on anything yet, but experiment, like I said. Think about what lights you up. What do you want to spend your time consuming? What kind of content do you like to watch? It is in front of you, trust me. And when I was listening to Mel Robbins podcast the other day and she was talking about manifestation and she was like, you have to be super clear. If you want to manifest this life of yours, you have to be super clear on what it is that you want. And I realized to myself, like, I know kind of all the things I want, but I wasn't really clearly stating in my own brain, like, this is where I see my career going. And the second I did that later that day, I started, and this is a true story, Christine, on January 6th, Of 2023, I started a daily podcast in addition to my show up on video podcast because I want a podcast like that's what I want to do. I want to show up every day and I want to have like a little bits of pop culture and motivation and entertainment and fun, like a 10 minute thing. That's it. And it was so scary for me. And I'm 41. I'm like, I I tell people to show up on video. I tell people to create. And I was scared, but I'm doing it without the idea that I have to do this forever. If in a month it doesn't work out for me, it doesn't. So what? Who cares? Try something else. Just try. This this is your life. It's passing us by, right? Like you got to take it by the horns and go. Ah, oh, I love it. We could have this
0: conversation forever. Donna. I know. By the way, what lights you up?
1: Oh my god. Honestly, what lights me up is this. Just like chatting and connecting. I love speaking. Yep. I love speaking. I love like inspiring others. There's nothing better than when I see someone that like comes to me and says, oh, my God, I listened to your podcast episode or I watched that piece of content and then I created a video. I'm, I'm online now. So that, yeah, that's a great feeling for me. Oh,
0: love that. All right. Well, speaking of the content you're creating, where should people find you? Why should they find you? And uh, what are they going to find there?
1: So I live on, I would say, Instagram is my number one platform. I'm also on TikTok. At both Instagram and TikTok, I'm this is Donna Bowling. Donna is spelled D-A-N-A. I'm Israeli. It's a whole other story. We can talk about that another day. Um, and I'm on Twitter at I'm Donna Bowling, And I'm also on LinkedIn. I'm also on YouTube. And I have two podcasts, Show Up on Video and Daily Dose of Donna, and why you should find me or why you should follow me. I believe that I am a nice little coffee cup of espresso, like a short little cup of espresso I give really good, fun tips. You get to definitely um, get inspired on how to show up yourself because I teach you how I'm showing up. And if you enjoy that, you can just kind of I'm always giving video tips like copy this, do this. And if you like to see some silly dancing and some really cute kids, I'm the one. Love
0: it. (laughs) Love it. Love it. Thank you so much for your time, your expertise, and especially your energy, Donna. This was amazing. (laughs) Thank you, Christine. I appreciate you. And I appreciate you, fabulous person, who is either listening to this podcast on the Adweek Podcast Network, make sure to subscribe on your podcast player of choice, and leave a review if you like it. Similarly, if you're joining us on YouTube for the video podcast that launches every Friday, make sure that you also subscribe to my Christine Gritman, Inc. YouTube channel. Thanks so much, and I will see you next week when I will be back interviewing another brilliant guest expert on a specific element of branding. Thanks. Bye. Thanks for listening to Let's Talk About Brand, part of the Adweek Podcast Network and Acast Creator Network. This podcast was produced by Christine Gritman, executive produced by Al Manorino and John Heil, and edited by Christine Gritman. You can listen and subscribe to all of Adweek's podcasts by visiting adweek.com podcasts. Stay updated on all things Adweek Podcast Network by following us on Twitter at Adweek Podcasts. And if you have a question or suggestion for the show, send us an email at podcast at adweek.com.